Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the second edition of the Sea Report for Friday, February 5th. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, welcome again to the Sea Report. This is the second edition for Friday, February 2nd, 2021. I am your host, Michael Aaron Gossidis. Thank you for joining us. And make sure to check out QAndAholespodcast.com. And let's just jump straight into the news to wrap up the Friday evening. Uh, we'll lead with a Trump talk. Trump rejects Dems' request to testify at impeachment trial by Eric Tucker, Mary Claire Jolinick, and Jill Colvin over at the Associated Press. Gotta watch out for them, Associated Press types. Anyways, it says, uh, House Democrats on Thursday asked Donald Trump to testify under oath for his Senate impeachment trial, challenging him to respond to their charge that he incited a violent mob to storm the Capitol. The Trump advisor said the former president won't testify. Although Democrats might not have the power to force Trump's testimony, the, co- the request from House impeachment managers is part of their overall effort to put the violent events on January 6th on the record for history and hold him accountable for his words. Democrats will look to use his refusal to testify against him as they argue that the ex-president has avoided responsibility for his actions. Hours after the Democrats' request was revealed, Trump advisor Jason Miller dismissed the trial as an unconstitutional proceeding and said the former president would not testify. Separately, Trump's lawyers denounced the request as a public relations stunt. Yeah, this is just incredible. So, well, good for Trump. He's going to go ahead and, and like I, I have said in the past... If uh, the Trump administration has shown us anything, it's that they continuously play by the book to the hairline fracture of every single fine printed word in each document that passes their desks. That uh, if his team really believes that this is an unconstitutional uh, impeachment, and it is, then they will not even acknowledge or dignify its relevance so the impeachment trial starts february 9th because you know regardless of whether or not he shows up they're gonna go forward with it anyways trump the first president to be impeached twice is charged with inciting an insurrection on january 6th when a mob of his supporters they believe broke into the capital to interrupt the electoral vote count now here's the next thing is that there is evidence that these people who broke in initially, the ones who initially broke in, never mind the ones that the security guards actually let in, never mind the ones that the security guards moved the barricades for, never mind any of those Trump supporters, alleged. The ones who initially broke in, the ones that used force, the ones that broke the windows, those guys were not Trump supporters. Those guys were provocateurs. So, uh, yeah, they're going to move forward with it either way. Five people have now died in this incident. 
Um, the impeachment manager, Joaquin Castro, claims seven people died. So these people can't even get their numbers right. Uh, on January 6th, one person was certain to have been shot and killed. But nobody else was dead until about a week later. And I believe it might have been in a COVID-related incident, which may not even be the case because everybody knows you only die from COVID on your death certificate. So that's some news going on there on that front on the Trump impeachment trial, which, I mean, really, they just need to throw everyone out. Here's something that comes from the Gateway Pundit. Here's the breakdown on the 80 cases related to the 2020 presidential election. This is an exclusive. Let's see what it has to say. The media in the United States is no longer interested in the truth. They are corrupted beyond belief. They used to be biased. Now they are clearly dishonest. Okay, Mr. Pundit, you're saying something we already know. Over and over, we heard how President Trump didn't win a single case in the 2020 presidential election related to fraud in the election. The media media called this proof that there was no fraud. Far-left BuzzFeed reported in December, President Donald Trump had another brutal weekend in court with the U.S. Supreme Court and other judges across the country rejecting his latest efforts to overturn his loss to President-elect Joe Biden. Yeah, um, breaking away from the article, that's where we have to say a troubled judiciary SCOTUS gate. Look it up. Now, uh, or wait, SCOTUS gate coming to a theater near you. SCOTUS gate, where some of these SCOTUSes are pedophiles. All right, so SCOTUS gate is coming. Uh, that's what they say. Um, get your tickets in advance. So, ah. Uh, what is this? Yes, we, we know this, Mr. Joe Hoft. Okay. All right. Well, that seems like it was a very, uh, very interesting report. Um, let's see. Uh, we'll move right along, I guess, from this report. This report's going on to talk about how a lot of people ignored the evidence, which, I mean, most of the courts threw it out on technicalities, um, and they just, you know, it might have been verbiage, or it might have been the evidence relative to the, you know, I don't know, descriptors they use in their clauses, but that's basically why the evidence was deemed not evidence, because why they didn't look at these these cases, it's ridiculous. Uh, Democrats go ape over D.C. violence while ignoring riots, murder, and mayhem everywhere else. Uh, this this article goes back to uh, this article goes back to uh, the Ocasio Cortez person that we were talking about just the other night. And this, mind you, is not part of uh, Follow Up Friday, but I guess it very well could be. Zaid Jelani wrote, Democrat Representative Alexandria Ocasio Cortez is one of many politicians who have adopted a mindset that says we should only care about victims of violence if we believe they are useful for our political narratives. So clearly everyone is going hard on this Alexandria Ocasio Cortez because obviously this lunatic believes that her life was um, uh, 
believes that the throes of despair that she suffered on the day of uh, the electoral vote count were, um, you know, comparable to the um, terror that was invoked by a sexual encounter. So uh, I guess that just means that um, maybe she wished that she had a gun that day. I don't know. Uh, The article says New York Democrat... New York Democrat, not New York Democratic representatives. They're all Democratic representatives. New York Democrat representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is once again at the center of online debates. Okay, yes, we know this. We talked about this on the other night in the show. Um, Okay, so the rest of the country is not so lucky. Our governing elites, Ocasio-Cortez among them, have spent the past month testifying about their own emotional pain from the violence on Capitol Hill. Yeah, that was pretty sad. Apparently they got together the other night and they were just like having a kumbaya kind of night. Um, Yeah, you know, Ocasio-Cortez, just she's she's a lunatic. She's a um, she's a far left, uh, you know, far left progressor and and by that i mean she progresses she progresses far left ideas she's um a downright socialist she's also a fake phony a fraud and she's a bad actress okay uh let's see here here's here's one that follows the uh Washington, D.C. clown show. Hot Mike catches House Democrats making fun of Pledge of Allegiance after Matt Gates proposes idea. This is by The Scoop. A hot microphone caught House Judiciary Democrats making fun of Republican representatives Matt Gates' request to have the committee recite the Pledge of Allegiance at the beginning of hearings as a way of showing the country that Congress can unite and work together. Matt Gates proposed the idea, but Representative Jerry Waddles Nadler said it was unnecessary because the House begins every day with the pledge. Representative Burgess Owens spoke out and said, 15 seconds to show our kids that we... We can agree to disagree, but we love our country enough to at least stand and represent our flag. Let's stand, let's pledge our flag, and then we will be an example of what unity looks like, Owens shared. Both Representative Gates and Owens spoke out in support of working together, but of course, the Democrats shut down this idea, and then they were caught on a hot mic, mocking the idea of saying the Pledge of Allegiance. That's uh, pretty sad. You know what I mean? Um, That they'll just mock and uh, make fun of things like that. But that just goes to show you who these people are. We should not be none surprised that Jerry Waddles Nadler would want to stand up for 15 seconds to show his love and sacrifice for the country He'd rather just remain seated because for him, standing up for 15 seconds could very well cost him his mobility. All right. That's, uh, (laughs) that's something else, would you say?
Continuing in the same vein of the Washington soap opera Clown House, you owe the American people an apology. You lied about Representative, excuse me, you lied about President Trump. That's a quote from Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene as she rips CNN hack at a press conference in D.C. Uh, this um, article is written by Jim Hoft. GOP Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, representative of Georgia, was banned by Nancy Pelosi and Democrats from holding any committee assignments in the current Congress. So uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene has suffered the fate of uh, Q's supporters everywhere. She's feeling more than that chilling effect. It's materializing into her world. And they want us to be afraid, mind you. And uh, I'll also take this time to correct myself and say, I believe last time I referred to Senator Marjorie Taylor Greene, it was as Senator Marjorie Taylor Greene. My apologies. Anyhow, um, dozens of left-wing reporters attended the rally... Oh, pardon me. On Friday morning, Representative Taylor Greene held a press conference in Washington, D.C. after the unprecedented move by the Democrat Marxists in control of the U.S. House of Representatives. Dozens of left-wing reporters attended the rally. It's as if there is nothing else to report on. This is how the fake news operates. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene said, Did you see my speech yesterday? How many stories did you report on Russian collusion conspiracy lies? I want to know if you've apologized for Russia collusion conspiracy lies. I think you saw my speech yesterday. You owe the American people an apology. You lied about President Trump. She was magnificent. Well, there you go. That's a good little quick... um, tidbit about Marjorie Taylor Greene. So she suffered, like I said, they're trying to put a chilling effect on Q supporters. Now, do remember there is a difference between a QAnon and Q. After all, Q is not QAnon. But, um, you know, Marjorie is uh, someone who loves her country and wants to do the best job she can, it seems, to ensure that, uh, you know, her community and her people, her neck of the woods, her state and her and by doing so, her country are all in, you know, good graces with the Constitution and with, you know, people in general is what it seems like, just life in general, just everyone wants to have a good life. And the people from Washington, D.C. are crapping all over her just because uh, they don't agree with her and because they have to make sure Trump is never in the picture again. And obviously, she supports President Trump. So this is just ridiculous that that they're going through this. And I am glad that she held the press to task about their lies because all of them lied. Everyone from Adam Schiff all the way through every talking head on TV, with the exception of a few of them, whom even now some of them have become of question. Like, for example, Justice Janine, Janine Judge, Judge Janine Pirro. Uh, that would be another example of someone who has turned on us, who has disappointed us 
but who has not been disappointed from her position on Fox News or on television in general. They need to disappoint Fox News. They need to disappoint CNN. They need to disappoint MSNBC. They need to disappoint Disney and Viacom. Anyways, okay, let me get back to the point. Um, Mar- Marjorie Taylor Greene has done, I think, a very good job by holding the uh, legacy media, the corporate news to task on some of those things, and at least putting it in the conversation. Anyways, so I was trying to decide if I should have any kind of more like nifty or, you know, um, um, I don't know, catchy type of uh, of um, uh, segments for the show on Friday. So I thought I thought about this one. I was like, we can have we can have follow up Fridays where we follow up on stories that we talked about at the beginning of the week. Hey, I mean, if there's a story that you heard on the show that interested you, why don't you just get in touch with us at the Sea Report and we'll try and follow it up. Or maybe there's a story that you heard about that you want us to look at or talk about. Send it to us and we'll talk about it on the show maybe. You know, if, if we're able to time limits of time constraints allow and also if it's, you know, pertinent breaking news. Um, or, you know... Uh, just let us know. Just get in touch. If there's a story you want us to follow or if there's a story uh, that you want us to follow up on, by all means, get in touch. So I thought there's follow-up Friday, so maybe we can dedicate a Friday show to talking about following up and maybe putting a close on the circles of the stories that we've been talking throughout about the week. Then I thought about this one. What if we have pedophile Fridays where we talk about pedophiles in the media, in the government, in Hollywood, in business, etc. Well, I was like, I don't know, that might not fly with the boss. I was like, general audience might not like it if we talk about pedophiles. But um, I was like, well, here's a story anyways, because here's one that should come back to the top of the mind. Uh, This story comes from the New York Post, who seems to favor posting articles about uh said topics but you know not many not many uh not many venues and not many media uh talk about this topic but we here at the sea report will not shy away from this topic because indeed hashtag save the children hashtag save our children is a very important topic to tackle um, just like a central bank is the route that you want to, uh, you know, plow out. Um, uh, it's the route that you really want to take a hoe to, you know, when it comes to what's financing the deep state in your nation. Human and child sex trafficking is the route you really want to plow or hoe out when it comes to the black market money and the dark money that they make to fund their operations. So, from New York Post by Ben Forherd, top DOJ officials okayed Epstein non-prosecution deal. Maxwell lawyers. So, yeah. Yeah. We're going to talk a little bit about Ghislaine Maxwell. And we're going to say the name Jeffrey Epstein because how long has it been since you heard about Jeffrey Epstein? How long has it been since you heard about Ghislaine? 
Um, well, it's been a hot second, and I think it's a story that's been there just under the surface, waiting for someone to pick it up. Now, the New York Post reports the non prosecution agreement that spared multimillionaire pedophile Jeffrey Epstein federal sex trafficking charges in the early 2000s was certified at the highest levels of the Justice Department. Lawyers for alleged cohort Ghislaine Maxwell charged in court documents unsealed Thursday. Allow me to repeat. The non-prosecution agreement that spared multimillionaire pedophile Jeffrey Epstein federal sex trafficking charges in the early 2000s was certified at the highest levels of the Justice Department. So... To kind of catch up a bit, what we haven't been paying attention to since Ghislaine was picked up, since Jeffrey Epstein supposedly killed himself, um, because he is as as he is as skilled as Christmas lights, apparently, and they're all very good at hanging themselves, right? Since uh, Jeffrey Epstein was apprehended on new charges of rape pedophilia, sodomy, child sex trafficking. In all of this time, because we've been so tied up with impeachment, we've been so tied up with saving America, we've been so tied up with our daily lives, we forgot about the Epstein-Maxwell saga. So basically, Ghislaine is still alive and she's been in jail this entire time. Now... Miss Ghislaine Maxwell has been doing a lot of things with her lawyers. Uh, she's asked for many appeals. She's pushed back dates. She's pushed back, uh, you know, um, dates for uh, deposition dates. She's pushed back discovery dates. She's uh, requested bail. She's pulled, her lawyers have pulled every trick in the book that they can to th- at this point to prolong any forward movement in the case, the sentencing, etc. They're, they're just putting up as many ro- legal roadblocks as they can and that's what they've been doing this entire time since her arrest now as long as it took for the judge who's presiding over this to finally start allowing some of these documents to come out to uh, release documents to uh, declassify certain documents we're finally getting to some meat and potatoes. Now, the documents they're talking about specifically in this instance come from a trial that Jeffrey Epstein was under. Um, and this was about, it says early 2000s, but really I think it was like around 07, 08 maybe, um, where he was being tried in a court in Florida. And basically what happened was, uh, in spite of all the evidence that was produced, um, they lowered the charges to something like soliciting a prostitute. Not even, I don't even think they put underage prostitute, um, but totally ignored the fact that it was a statutory rape, totally ignored the fact that it was, you know, sex with a minor. Um, and, uh, this was approved, ha, this was approved, uh, by, um, one of the former, uh, I think it was like the secretary of the department of, 
agriculture or something like that. Um, his first name was Alex. I forget his last name. He was Hispanic, and uh, he worked. Uh, he had been he had been assigned by Trump at this guy, and I think uh, uh, one uh, Alan Dershowitz were involved in this case, and Maxwell was actually involved in a deposition in this case as well. And she and her lawyers have been fighting to make sure that any information about her depositions or the discovery that was given are allowed to be uh, you know, declassified or allowed to be included as evidence into this current trial. Why do you think she doesn't want that to come out? Well, one of the things for sure is uh, because uh, it, would def- it would find that uh, in spite of the fact that she said she hadn't talked to Jeffrey Epstein in some time in her depositions back in 2008, uh, you know, it-, it shows them as being more intimately uh, involved or as having made contact and stuff like that. So basically it would just show that, you know, the lies that she's been telling and it would it would give proof about her characters being a liar, a perjurer. So, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty interesting. So the article continues in the filing. Maxwell's attorney sought to dismiss federal charges she now faces for allegedly procuring underage girls for Epstein and lying about it under oath by claiming she is subject to the same agreement he signed in 2007. The court filing includes a copy of the deal signed by the by then Florida federal prosecutor Alexander Acosta. I was right. Alexander Acosta and details how the atypical agreement, which barred Epstein from facing federal prosecution if he copped to a one count state indictment was agreed upon. Maxwell's attorney's claim in the filing that the agreement was heavily negotiated over approximately eight months and was approved by senior levels of Maine Justice in Washington, D.C. It adds that the agreement approved by the Office of the Deputy Attorney General before it was signed allowed Epstein to avoid federal prosecution in Florida for trafficking underage girls to sexually abuse Lawyers for Epstein, who killed himself in a lower Manhattan jail cell in 2019, have said previously that the deal was certified at the highest levels of the Justice Department. In the filing, Maxwell's attorney and the agreement should apply to her right now and spare... Uh, Maxwell's attorney said the agreement should apply to her right now and spare her from the indictment she currently she's currently facing in the Southern District of New York. Uh, the parties to the NPA clearly intended to confer a benefit on any and all of Epstein's potential and conspirators in explicitly giving them immunity, the filing states. Under the well-established principles of general contract law, and particularly under the law relating to non-prosecution agreements, any and all of Epstein's potential co-conspirators are, fri- uh, are third-party beneficiaries of the NPA, it adds. Maxwell has pleaded not guilty to allegedly procuring girls for Epstein to abuse and lying about it under oath. She's being held in federal jail in Brooklyn pending trial. And many victims have come out in regards to Maxine, uh, uh, to Maxine, in regards to Ghislaine Maxwell. Many victims have come out and spoken about the things that she and Jeffrey Epstein have done to them. 
and uh, and and we will re- we will revisit one of these such instance- instances because uh, we're going to continue. We're going to give you another Jeffrey Epstein story that's been in the news. This one was actually out on the 28th of January, so about a week ago. Um, Jeffrey Epstein once boasted about taking a teen's virginity. Court documents. So here we're going to show you some more court documents that came out. And these, again, were documents that uh, Ghislaine Maxwell and her legal team were trying to keep out of the press and to keep um, basically redacted. Uh, Again, this is from the New York Post. Jeffrey Epstein once boorishly boasted to a virtual stranger about taking a 19-year-old girl, a 19-year-old woman's virginity, a victim said in newly unsealed court documents. Accuser Joanna Soberg said in a 2016 deposition that the multimillionaire pedophile told one of her pals whom he had just met about the sexual encounter at his Palm Beach estate in the early 2000s when he was about 50 years old. He said, you see that girl over there laying by the pool? She was 19. And he said, and he said, I just took her virginity. And my friend Rachel was mortified. Soberg testified. Soberg further testified that she was recruited by Epstein's associate, Ghislaine Maxwell, to give the multimillionaire massages, which he hoped would lead to sexual favors, according to the documents, which were unsealed in the civil case against Epstein by accuser Virginia Gouffrey. Soberg said in the deposition that Maxwell had encouraged her to finish the job when she was massaging Epstein, suggesting she bring the creep to orgasm, according to the disturbing docs. Soberg's testimony was released in a massive cache of documents in the civil case, which included testimony from an unnamed witness that he saw Maxwell direct a room full of underage girls to kiss, dance, and touch one another in a sexual way for Maxwell and Epstein to watch. So there you go, folks. There's your scoop of pedophile pedophile friday Ghislaine maxwell still in the news the disgusting sexual habits and um crimes of jeffrey epstein still coming out in the news and you know individuals like lynn wood believe jeffrey epstein is still alive as credible as this man is and as the things that he seems to have uh, seen and gone through in his life I would say that lends something to turn one's ear up to and keep an eye on. One more thing in the Pedophile Friday news group for this evening. Twitter refused to take down child sex abuse content and profited off of it. Lawyer. This uh, this article is by Lee Hai and Jan Jan Jikaiklik. Jekaikalik. Um, It says, Lisa Haba, a partner of Haba Law Firm based in Florida, told the Epic Times that Twitter refused to take down sexual exploitation videos of her client, even after her client showed Twitter the proof that he's a minor and that Twitter certainly was profiting off the exploitation of her client. The Haba Law Firm, the National Center on Sexual Exploitation Law Center, and the Matiasic Firm jointly filed a federal lawsuit against Twitter on January 20th, 2021. Haba told the story of her client during an interview with Jan Jakaikik. 
host of the Epic Times American Thought Leaders program. John Doe, Habas client, is currently a 17-year-old high school student. When he was 13 years old, he was targeted on Snapchat by online sex traffickers who impersonated a 16-year-old girl. He was manipulated into sending over his nude photos. After receiving them, the traffickers started to blackmail him. They threatened to send his nudes, nude photos to his parents, his pastor, and school leaders, and others. The child attempted for a long time to appease the traffickers, acquiescing to their demands in an effort to save his family and save himself from their demands, Habba said. Ultimately, he was able to break free when they demanded to meet with him, and he thankfully declined to do so. However, when he was 16 years old, the abusive material surfaced on Twitter. John Doe became aware of the posts from his classmates in January 2020. Many students in his school watched the videos and John Doe became a victim of vicious bullying and became suicidal. Fortunately, his mother found out and supported him in contacting Twitter to demand the abusive material be taken down off their platform. However, after receiving a copy of John Doe's driver's license and two more requests from his mother, Twitter failed to act. Twitter waited several more days before finally saying a devastating comment to this child, Habba said. We don't find this to be a violation of our policies and we're going to take no further action. The material wasn't taken down until the Department of Homeland Security stepped in. It had accrued over 167,000 views and 2,223 retweets, the complaint noted. The words say that they have zero tolerance policy, but their actions speak differently. When our client asked them to take down the exact material that they say that they proclaim to preclude, they refuse to act, Habba said. That's basically the essence of this lawsuit. Um, now, there's this next section, Twitter profited from the abusive content. So this is just insane because they will censor your president and my president. They will censor perceived hate speech, but they will allow material of children in sexually provocative and exploitive material to be and remain on their uh, website, servers, whatever you want to call it. Twitter profited from the abusive content. Habba went on to claim that Twitter profited from the not removing her clients' abuse videos. When you look at the profit structure that Twitter has, they profit from every single time these that these ads are disseminated, retweeted, viewed. There's a huge advertising incentive and data licensing incentive for these ads to stay. These materials to stay up. Up. So Twitter certainly was profiting off the exploitation of John Doe. That just goes to show it's even more sickening because these people can get away with these things, right? But then they, uh, then they um, demonetize or they ban or they kick off or they strike people who aren't even making money off of them. People who don't even have their stuff monetized, they still act like they can censor it. They still act like they have revenue coming from these videos. 
It's a total double standard. And uh, I totally agree that, uh, you know, Jack probably is a kitty diddler himself. All right, folks, that wraps it up for the Friday second edition of The Sea Report. I hope you all enjoy your evening. I hope you've had a good week and you have an even better weekend. And we'll see you on an even better week next week, Monday, at The Sea Report. This is your host, Mr. C, signing out. Be sure to join us on Saturday night, tomorrow on the E6. W Network is Q&A Holes Podcast presents Q&A Holes Podcast weekly call-in show. We will be having a powwow, Mr. W, Mr. Y, and myself, and certainly anyone else that wants to join us and or call in and... Stay tuned for more of the C-Report and the Q&A Holes breaking news with Joe One of Two. Coming at you soon. Have a good night. Have a good evening. And we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Something is haunting the town. Adam Longoria has gone missing, and his sister claims she's been seeing a bad man in the shadows. Jesse Bachman confronts a terror that is haunting the town of Suval, but will he be able to stop a pure evil that wants him dead? Get the chilling new novella by Michael Aaron Cassidis, author of The Distance to the End. A Trick of the Eyes, a stunning new work of horror that is keeping readers turning the page. Get A Trick of the Eyes anywhere books are sold, online or in stores, ask for it by name. A Trick of the Eyes by Michael Aaron Casares.